Amen. Now, I do have a question for all of you. We sang the song, Shout His Name Glorious, but none of us shouted. So we're just singing. So we're going to try that at some stage in this meeting. When you say it, you mean it. Something happens when you shout, the faith jumps out of you. Amen. That's the power of authority that God has given to us. Our church was watching the first day, and they were wondering, why are you shouting and speaking? Why can't you speak normal? I think there is something about, in certain messages, you've got to throw your voice and thrust the works of the enemy out. Amen. Principle of drilling. The principle is the fact that you are drilling deep and deep, and one of our um, church members uh, was an oil rig engineer. And they told me that uh, while he was working on the oil rigs, there, there are different types of drill. They go deeper and deeper in the ocean as they are drilling. depends on the seabed and what it is. They keep changing the drill bit and they keep going. When it's solid rock, it's a different type. When it's soft, uh, a soil, it's a different type. And, it keep it. and so we too, in our hearts, we have different degrees of hardness. You see? A different degrees of scale. It all will be good and soft during a conference, but that, uh, things happen that are hard in our hearts. And so there are times that you're not going to just keep on, please God, please God, please God. Shout the promise and it breaks out. Amen. Okay, it's okay to shout. It's a Christian word. We're going to try it later. Amen. Amen. Thank you, pa uh, Dr. David and uh, 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 Pastor Shirley. Now, I got your name. I won't say pastor, sister, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, thank you for welcoming us, church leadership, and thank you for the family. And uh, thank you for the worship. I was wondering, sitting there, why didn't they sing in the conference? So we got to get you in. <laughs> And you know what touches my heart is the beauty of unity. You don't know how important that is to me. One voice to usher people into the glory of Christ. It is not a show of one church. Not how anointed or skillful anybody is, but how we can make one voice to bring out to the body of Christ. Amen. Turn with me to the... <clears throat> Epistle of Colossians. A couple of weeks ago, the Lord showed me, thought me. I thought one time in our church, and I thought, you will in a minute know why is it appropriate in this place. Colossians chapter 2. We're talking about, sorry. We're talking about spiritual warfare, and we always wonder why certain authority is not working for me. You know, we always ask ourselves that question, and uh, we wonder why people who had authority, and then suddenly it's not working for them again. So Colossians chapter 2, 
Why am I stumbling today? Must be tired. Okay. Let's look at uh, chapter 2. I just want to quote one verse first before we go into the heart of the matter. Verse 5, chapter 2 of verse 5. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit. So you notice that Paul was pastoring the church in the spirit as well. Not just in his presence. He was paying attention in the spirit, overseeing the condition of the people in the spirit. And he said, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Now this is what I want to just pay attention a little bit. Our faith must be firm. It cannot be like a jellyfish. We all do have muscles that God created in it. But for some it works and some you don't, just don't use it enough. And so when you flex your muscle, instead of coming up, it drops down. <laughs> and you pay a lot of money for someone else to tell you how to bring it up again. Moravian Falls got enough trees, cut some trees and keep flexing up and it will come up the other side. Do some hard work. Hey, amen. Really don't have to go to the gym. God's creation is gym enough. Because people say, how come that guy has a body? Good body, beautiful, muscles all showing up. Because he's exercising. Now remember, when we were in Singapore, every Sunday it's kind of a workout magazine, not magazine, in our newspaper, they have a lot of uh, uh, hot bots. What they do, what they eat, they flex their muscles, a male and a female. And this couple were hot couple. Nice. All the muscles are showing everywhere. God. And then you read down the exercise regime and what they eat. I say, okay, never mind, forget it. <laughs> oh, it's a torture. <laughs> then they don't eat. Can you believe that, bro? They don't eat French fries. That's not possible. <laughs> What's wrong with them? <laughs> I said, look at it. You see, spiritual muscles are like that too. You admire someone who can worship God. You admire someone who knows how to pray. You admire someone whose prayers are being answered. You admire someone who's got spiritual authority and keep walking forward. You admire someone who's got insight in the word. The Lord is speaking to them. They have divine dreams and etc., etc. I want you to look down the page and see their disciplines as well. If not, everything stops in admiration that you cannot reach, which is not true, for God has given us the ability to be firm in our faith. You don't have to be like a spiritual giant because certain people, because of their job, their environment, their ministry, requires a certain fitness of the spirit man. But otherwise, every day, we keep our general fitness going. But my point to you, or the question is, what is your general fitness? Are you with me? 
what works for you. And there are also times you may go into a very uh, a situation that requires a stronger faith. That means you are exercising your muscles. You are reading the Bible on time. You are having a lot more intake of God's word. You are cutting down all the rubbish talk and all the unnecessary Googling and whatever not. Google is just a computer. It's not even a demon, but we have made it to become like one. I, I can't believe that some people are even preaching, let's fast Facebook. Oh God, it's not even worth mentioning from the pulpit. Because these are technologies, just throw it down. Nobody bothers what you're updating in Facebook anyway. Hello. Today I'm down. And every of your friends say, good. <laughs> What's wrong with you all, man? <laughs> How can anyone say good? You, if anybody in the church say good, you'll get offended. How can the church say good? They should be praying for me. But you want the world to appraise you while you're down. See, we are living in a kind of a crooked world, isn't it? We are trying to find our self-esteem in a technology world that people don't know. You're just waiting for those words. But here the Bible says, and the firmness of your faith. Because when your faith is firm, miracles happen. I got to work this out. What is firm faith for you? You don't have to be like another guy. You don't have to be praying for five hours and seven you know, three hours in the Bible study, you're not. You're a working individual, you've got children at home, you've got to do your dishes and blah, blah, blah. The list keeps going on, right? But there is an issue about, in this week, I need some firmness of my faith. So I got to take turns with my husband or wife. Okay, you guys help me out. I need to spend this time with God. We all have to go through the same thing. So that, that little things like... I couldn't say little, some ladies may get upset. Washing dishes and stuff like that can save you one hour. You just have to lock your door and pray. And just do that for seven days, your faith is now firm a little bit more. And when you are praying for miracles, you are waiting for a doctor's report, your, your faith is firm. It can block off anything that the enemy will try to throw off against you. Are you with me? Amen. The Bible pays attention to that. Not a flip-flop faith. Not a faith that is anyhow, it is God's thing. No, it's your thing. The word is given to you. And absolutely, like, like prayer, you see, my, my daughter, you know, when she comes back from school, when she was in school, in secondary school days, she'll see the same friend for seven hours a day or five, six hours a day, she'll come home and talk to the same friend for another couple of hours talking about homework. So I'll wonder why is she talking this long on the phone discussing homework because they have a kind of a group study discussing math and this and that and da 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 and keep going. Like, I love my friend. This is a best friend of mine. You know, I don't mind enjoying the conversation and talking and we do things together. And my, my, so then I was wondering, do I love Jesus enough to talk to him? You see. It is not just a discipline. It's not just that God. The love that must come from inside you, 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 will, you love him enough to hang around with him and talk. You're not struggling. Oh, God, what time this 15 minutes going to finish? If you love him enough, that 
you'll just enjoy talking. Hello? When you say amen in prayer, your relationship does not stop. Amen means the conversation has stopped. Hello? Let's do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm standing this side, I'm kneeling down in my room. Father, in the name of Jesus, da, 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 da. amen. And I walk away. Does it mean that God is going to go back to heaven and, or is he still with me? So, amen means is the end of that sentence, that conversation, but not the amen of a relationship. He is with me no matter where. So, that means I can still casually talk to him. I can pray, but I must love him enough to talk to him. Amen. So, the issue is not that we don't want to pray. The issue is the quality of that love. That love. And I just want to encourage my brothers, my sisters, friends, husbands and wives. There is a place in your heart no man can fill. Only God can. No husband, no wife can fill it. And sometimes even, you know, you can be so close to your spouse and your family and especially children. And you wonder why is there such an emptiness which no matter how close and no matter what you do, it's not filling it up. Because that spot is for God. It will only be filled by God. No human can fill it. But when you try to find human love to fill that emptiness which is given by God, no human can fit up. Amen? The Bible says the firmness of our faith. Now let's go to verse 20. Now, as uh, like many of us, I have read the Bible deep, close, long enough, 35 years. And I, wow, how come I didn't know it's there? I want to show you that, okay? Verse 20, if with Christ you died. So it's not an assumption. You have accepted Christ, you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, and you have been baptized by water. Now he's saying, now, if you have done all of that, if you have died, and with Christ you have done it, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, Spirits can be there and they are there and that's their job and whatever, man, it's up to them. But when I'm dead with Christ, those basic spirits that are hanging around everywhere to destroy people and whatever not, I'm above them in Jesus. Hello? It's a good place to say amen. amen. Even if you don't understand, just say amen. It's a good thing. <laughs> now, that is a reality. I wanted to accept it and that all comes into play if with Christ you died. My concern is, as I'm growing older in the Lord, my concern is to the younger generation and those who have come into the Lord, have we emphasized enough about the cross of Jesus and the implication of that cross? In a seeker-sensitive church, 
The cross is presented as just one time. Salvation is just that simple. Put up your hand and down you're safe. Really? That's not what the Bible really says. It doesn't really say that. There is some level of repentance. A deep conviction which the Holy Spirit will bring. It is not just too casual and a drama. We like all this to attract people. We want to make the message of Christ so simple for our young one. Why? Jesus didn't say make it look like a drama. I'm not talking about drama, you know, the drama, drama. You get what I'm saying, right? Because the more we present it as a shallow level of salvation, then our children will struggle as they grow up when the weight of the world becomes heavier. And then you see many backsliding away. Not sure of their salvation, whether they did it right. They even know what it means to be saved. Then we realize salvation, confession of Christ is one time, but sanctification is a deeper process. The surrender goes anchor deeper and deeper. A church friend of mine is a captain of an oil tanker. And so we talked about shipwrecks. I had a talk with him. Just tell me, man. How is all this thing works, you know, and he's been 20 years as a captain, one of the top captains of Singapore. He, you know, uh, sails across the world for these large companies, expensive stuff. When you want to make a U-turn in an oil tanker, it takes one and a half hours. Complete U-turn. Can you imagine when a church has to make a U-turn, how... Far ahead, we must make those plans. No one can make sudden U-turn, it will crash. No one can handle that. It requires foresight of planning. If you want to become stronger in faith, prayer and praise and worship, it requires some planning because our life can be so loaded with things, and it's not easy. You're not longer in your 15 years old to make sudden U-turns. It requires some effort. To make those changes. So while I was talking to him, you know, he said there are four different types of anchors in a ship. It all depends where they are anchoring, and they got to drop that kind of an anchor to hold down to the seabed. Hello? I think you and I must be wise enough to know the terrain that we are going through, situations, challenges and throw those kind of anchors to hold on to Christ. Sometimes it's just a gentle hook. Sometimes when you're going through challenges and family went through stuff and someone lost their loved one or financially lost the house, marriage going through a rocking moment or whether a bad report from the doctor, he got a throng throw off a stronger anchor that can hold on to the rocks and nothing can shake you because you are believing in Christ Jesus. Amen. Can I encourage you this morning to be aware of our faith? Some of us face more spiritual warfare than others. And the reason because you are going through your turn, the others have done it already. <laughs> Amen. Situations and circumstances are different. 
So you are throwing off those anchors and you are growing up in Jesus. Now Paul now emphasizes if Christ, if, if with Christ you died, the question is whether, whether have I surrendered enough to have the effect that I'm dead, I'm gone. It is through Christ I'm living. Not everybody can come to that stage, but for anybody who says, I'm in Christ, one of that acknowledgement is I've died in Christ. It is no longer I who live it, but Christ that lives in me. Amen? The earlier and the sooner I re realize that, then I'm above to the elemental spirits of this world. If not, you'll be fighting every other mosquito demon that flies everywhere. I didn't know that because the charismatic maniac groups, they always tell you to pray and bind everything, right? So I remember when I was a young guy, I went to a conference. Oh, spiritual warfare. Find demons who are just walking past. Pull them out and fight. Because you're, you're, you're so excited to use your gifts and discern what kind of spirit is that, where you came from. And then some bad teachings interviewed the demon. For what? For, just get out of my sight. I don't want to know where you came from. What's your name? Who are you? Who are your friends? No. Hello. If you have been doing all that, just don't. Interview the victim, not the demon. <laughs> Somebody say amen. You see, in the beginning days, people thought to us, so we end up doing all these things. So I was, we, uh, we went to one uh, conference in Malaysia, and that this hotel was demonized, man. I, went, I was checked in into this room. The, this, my bait was moving, it was shaking, and I know it's, this is not the normal thing, right? So I just woke up and okay. Why? Because you paid for the room, you take ownership of the room. Right, cool. So I didn't sleep until four in the morning. The demon left, but I looked like a ghost in the morning. So we came down for breakfast and there was these two sisters. I, I saw them. Oh, we were talking about something. I could overhear them. Uh, um, they are going for the same conference, and oh, you are going too, you know. And uh, we're talking. They said, uh, How was your sleep? They were asking me. It was not too bad. I was asking, How was yours? You know, we checked in into this particular room that was demonized. We couldn't sleep, the demon was shaking our bed. I said, wow, what did you do? She said, we just called the reception and changed the room. <laughs> I said, I didn't know that. I said, very curious. What was the number? They coded the same room number. <laughs> I said, okay. So I learned very early in my life, when you're paying for a room, you better change the room and sleep. Because demons got nothing else to do, so they'll pick up a fight. <laughs> Sometimes they occupy a certain room for whatever reason. Okay, bro, you take it. I'm going elsewhere. You see, sometimes we don't realize some common sense into things that we got to pay attention. The Bible says don't meddle with demonic stuff. It belongs to them. Just let them go. 
Are you with me? You see, the movies are making things easier and, and friendly. So our children don't know the difference. There are certain things that are matters of darkness, certain things witchcraft are matter of darkness. And, hello? You agree with me? So you've got to say amen. amen. Why we don't want to cross a clear line in our home? Because we are so afraid to create absoluteness in our faith. Well, she will find out. No, she will not find out, and she doesn't need to find out darkness. She needs to find the light of Christ. Because sometimes when darkness hooks up into you, it takes a longer time to clean it up. Spiritual warfare. Now, in order for me to overcome spiritual warfare and win when I'm praying through, I have to recognize that I'm dead with Christ. Don't let the enemy distract you on your righteousness, but pay attention to the finished work of Jesus Christ. I'm above you. Don't try to, ah, oh, you know what sin you committed last week? Yeah, I know, but it's all dealt with by Jesus. But you see, the truth being, when you are living in an active sin, that acknowledgement will be weak. So God wants us to pay attention who you are, what you are, in Christ. Amen. I tell you, I'm going to quote a scripture, Pastor. David is going to jump up. Just watch. Just wait for that. It's coming. Spiritual authority. It's your favorite thing, man. I'm going to tell you now. Spiritual authority and being dead with Christ. If not, what's going to happen? We're going to waste our spiritual resources and time fighting with smaller demons where it's a waste of time. Acknowledge that Jesus is in me. I am dead in Christ. I'm lifted up. Just go away. If you want to fight, it must be a worthy opponent to take your time and pray in the name of Jesus. Not worthless appointments. Are you with me? Because he says, a lot of us complain, I don't have enough time. Then be specific and focus on which fight you want to pick up. Don't pick up unnecessary fights which is not yours. And if it's yours and your destiny, fight all the way through. Amen? Because sometimes, can you imagine all the enjoyments that we've got when we are driving through mountains and there are tunnels and it's so easy to drive through. Sometimes I think, I, I think about the engineering things the guys would have done years ago to have the vision of a road and they brought the missionary to dig holes, make it round, and they went through. So today I can enjoy. And I, I'm enjoying by saving time because someone drilled a hole through the mountains. Are you with me? And so sometimes it's like that when the enemy is trying to block your progress. It affects your mind. It affects your spirit man. You go into really a spiritual warfare mode for a week and drill through in Jesus' name that you will find an excess with God because you paid that attention. Don't pick up unnecessary stuff when you are above it in Jesus' name. So you need to find out what are the basic stuff I should be above for example, I don't have to worry what I'm going to eat. Hello? Sorry, it's getting very quiet. That's because if you come to Shelby, and I invite you to come to Shelby, 
when pastor comes and preach, show up. We've got a restaurant called Sumo, Japanese restaurant, a small joint, and the menu got 300 different types of things. I couldn't even believe it. I said, what? By the time you finish reading, the time is gone. And so we sometimes bring our church, we say, I only eat one of that. My wife eats a few more. There are other church members, they keep reading it like, I never even see them reading their Bible that much, you know. And then they'll start deciding which one. So I kind of remind them, listen, you only have one stomach. Just choose one, get over it, and let's go. So my staff, who works with me, Whenever I call for lunch, they know that when I call, I'll pay for it. But they won't come with me. Why? When you go with the boss, you eat and let's go back to work. It's not like talking time, wasting that one hour. Now let's go, man, it's done. You eat, finish, let's go. Let's go for <laughs> Jesus wants us to pay attention. Say the word, pay attention. My mother is 79 years old. Strong woman when it comes to aspects of healing no one can touch her she's got this faith man she's got drilled the hole through the mountain she can access it but she's weak on the other aspects of spiritual warfare so she will call me to pray through fight for her cancer just left her four times she's got this revelation i have no idea how do you want to hear one of those testimony with all the other things let's this one thing because i was beside her I brought her to the hospital, and she had the cancer of the gum, you know, on the left side of the gum. She went there, she did the marker, and there were the markers were there. I saw the x-ray. The doctor said, we have to do a quick surgery. Shouldn't delay. See, my mom is an old school. She said, no, let me fast and pray and then tell you. Hey, a good place to say what? You see, you're operating in a different dimension. Oh, no, we got to do it now. You're operating in a different dimension. I, I want you to understand that. You're living in kingdom phase. Yes, a surgery could be important, but you don't have to sign the paper now. It is okay to fast and pray. If it's three days, you know what God does? He presses the pause buttons in your life. Everything waits. When you are speaking to the king, every, all, all of our emergency waits. I want you to understand the power principle when you enter into the throne room of Jesus, waiting for an answer, no other things on the world can press you forward. Come into that exercise of your faith. Oh, but we need to sign the dot now. There is no such thing now. We are, we are led by this world. You see, if we don't buy it today, we will lose that discount. But we have not talked to God yet. I don't care about the discount. I need to get the approval of heaven. And I, discounts will always come. Hello? In Singapore, before I left it, there is a shop near my house corner in a town. There is a shop. When I moved into that town, closing down sale. Oh, what? They are closing down. So we went to buy things. Oh, God, God. There's a new house. After six months, closing down sale. Man, 
I think the guy is having a hard time. He's not closing down at all. And after a year, closing down sale. So I had a talk. I went and I wanted to talk to this guy. Bro, I just want to know what's going on with you, man. You mean you have that much of stocks? You nobody's helping you. It's so difficult to wind down. He said, no. Why do you have the name? Oh, my shop, the name of my shop is called Closing Down Sale. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Did you realize that is part of uh, business? But we tend to, oh, they're clo- we have to, wow, but I've not heard from God. Then don't get it. I'm not talking about $5 things. I'm not talking about $10. I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of property and stuff that are going to lock you in. If God doesn't say so, don't get it. Oh, but, 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 but the salesperson is saying, the realtor is saying, the realtor is not God. She or he is not God. No matter how much you love them, it can be your brother, it can be your sister, it can be your family involved in real estate. Bro, I've signed up my life with Jesus, man. He has to say yes. Are you going to lose a $50,000 sale? You know, with God, obedience is better than sacrifice. You're operating in a different dimensions with God. I have died with Christ. And Paul is reminding us. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. In verse 12 of Colossians chapter 2. Okay, this is the area Dr. David comes in. Having been buried with him in what? In baptism. Are you following? Everybody, yes? Let's read that again. Having been buried... With him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. Now, later Paul is now talking about our spiritual authority. Somehow, he connects that to baptism. You see, baptism... It's an outward expression of your inward faith, correct? But when you follow the requirements of God, it connects you to the power of God. Why? The word working in the Greek is energia, energes. The energy of God comes inside you. Do you realize that accepting Christ is a choice? Receiving the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a choice. Because you got to wait and pray. What happened when I received the baptism? I received the Yeah, you received the baptism or someone laid hands on me. The Holy Spirit came. Yeah, but power comes only when you wait. How do I know that? Brother Stephen is the wrong teaching. No, Jesus said it. Power comes when you wait. Say the word wait. So every time you need the power of God for healing, he wants you to wait for him and wait upon him. Power will not come if you don't wait. Are you following? So the energies of God comes through baptism. He connected that words together. Somehow, I don't have to know why, accepting Jesus is a choice. I invite Jesus in. Receiving the power 
is a choice, but baptism of water is a requirement of heaven. It's not open for your choice. Because Jesus said, let us fulfill all righteousness. It is not a choice to make. It is a requirement of heaven. Because unless you have done that, something about your righteousness is lacking. Something about your salvation is not complete. That the armor will have holes. You cannot feel the power of God coming through you because baptism is an acknowledgement that you have died and you are raised with Christ. You see that? And what power is raising you up? The same power that went into the tomb and lifted Jesus, equal, same, which our, our earthly mind cannot understand. Because we think about God with the natural mind. How can that mean? That means I too can be resurrected? Yes, when you die. That It's me. I'm throwing my words. It takes a lot of power, energizing. This fellow, this guy is absorbing me out, man. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? You see, it makes sense, isn't it? Why? So let's do a system check. I was surprised that when people come to church, they still have not been baptized in water. Why? Because they heard preachings like, if you like, sign up for baptism. What do you mean if you like? You should be taking as a child of God. It completes the salvation process. And therefore, ladies and gentlemen, if you are here, you have not been baptized by water, and this is now your time to sign up. Those who are watching online, got nowhere to go, please come here and get baptized. Somebody say... Somehow your salvation experience is not complete. We got to encourage our children as early as we can. Complete that process. Your name is registered and you complete that righteousness. You see, the Bible says when Jesus was baptized in water, the Holy Spirit came. Something about him changed because the Bible says from then on, he preached a different message. Something about him inside. There was a born again experience. I got to recognize this. You want God's power, then do what God wants you to do. You want that result, then this is what he wants you to do. Amen? There is no substitute for that. Allah, I'll wait and see. You can, if you want. Then you will experience a whole life. Filled with whole. The armor has holes. Your righteousness is not standing in, and you're all the time struggling, but that is not the way God has for us. As early that the thing hit you, we don't have to wait for children. I mean, I'm saying, of course, you know, they have to be a reasonable age. At least they know what they are doing, but you understand what I'm trying to tell you. Sometimes, you know, parents, we, we let say, well, my child can decide. God has placed you as the custodian of heaven upon your children. What do you mean they can decide? Of course they can decide, but you are the one who's leading them to righteousness. If you as a guardian have got no 
actual effect on their decision process, then the enemy takes over. Are you with me? Why am I this hard? Because I see children being possessed by the enemy. So I get very mad about it. I get teenagers being possessed by the enemy. I get very mad about it. Can I share with you one example of that? I was doing, I, I did a lot of ministry in Indonesia, man, right? To the ground, to the up. Ministered and for more than 5,000 or 4,000 old pastors, fed over 6,000 children, ministered to more than probably 20, 30,000 people over a course of six years, prayed of thousands of people laying hands personally, miracles and healings all will take place. All that is great and fantastic. Went to a small church where it could only sit 100, but they came to know I was coming. You see, for me, it's not a big deal I'm going, it's for them. They recognized the power was coming, they came. 200 over people jam-packed like sardines in 100 people sitting capacity. They were sitting on the floor, sitting everywhere. I only had space for me to stand and speak. The power of God was manifesting exceptionally. Everybody I touched and walked past, they were falling by the power of God, okay? To a point that we had to wait for that person to stand up, bring that person at that slot. I pray before I complete, they fall. It's easy. I like that kind of prayer. You know, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Amen, and they just draw. I said, thank you, Father, save some energy, you know. They keep going. But this, there was this young girl, pretty beautiful, demon-possessed, her eyeballs went up. You can only see the white eyeballs. She was struggling. And then the way she was struggling, she was floating half of her body on air. And the people were struggling, and I, she was vomiting out, throwing it out. And I went in, I said, please leave. I laid hand and say, God, give rest to her body. And whoosh, everything went. You see, there are certain demon possessions which are degrees of deliverance. The human body can only take that much. Don't exhaust them overnight. There are deeper issues to deal with in some cases. So I made an appointment, I talked to this girl, what is going on? I call her father to come sit with me. She was about 21 years old, I think. And uh, we were having this interview in uh, a private place. Mother was there, weeping away. I said, tell me what happened. They went to Australia when she was studying in her university. And you know, there is a movie, I've not watched it, but I'm just telling you the name, called Blay Witch Project where these kids will come and do some project going into darkness, they will video record it and stuff like that. So these uh, uh, kids were playing, they want to do stuff like that in the middle of the night. They, I think six or eight of them, you know, they were standing around the uh, swimming pool, place candles, call upon the demonic spirits to come, hoping that he will jump onto someone and they can video record. And so happened, after that one hour of calling and chanting, where they knew all this, they read books, magazines, witchcraft magazines. And you think that's a, a, that's a joke, you see? 
They think that when it comes in, they have the power to let it out. And that demonic spirit entered her that day. The moment it entered, the waters in the swimming pool moved and she jumped into the water to kill herself. Her friends had to rescue her out. From that day on, for many years, she was just possessed. Meeting after meeting. Now, I don't know what's her condition now because I left that ministry, but I ministered to her continuously for two years. Every time I see her, the degrees were decreasing slowly, slowly decreasing. How she cried, my heart was filled with, I wish I could carry her like a baby and just encourage her heart. Just a silly mistake. The enemy came and possessed her soul. So how much more must I preach the power of God to our children? Because when you go to school, some of the kids are here and some of you guys are watching. When you go to school, there will be friends who will be deviling with darkness, man. They'll be playing games with darkness. They'll be saying, it's all good, it's all okay, it's just fun. And our church folks, we don't know anything, we don't pay attention to dressing, we don't pay attention to certain behavior pattern, we don't pay attention to what they are bringing in and what they are bringing out. We don't pay attention to their interest in certain dark stuff that is going on because we are too busy praying. Hello? Ah, that's my room. Absolutely. Private room. I know, but it's my house. Hello? You can respect privacy, but you cannot condone secrecy. Every time people and our children are involved in dark stuff that is away from the light, they'll do things in secret. And you see sudden secret stuff going on, invade into the room and smell for darkness. It is easier to keep it clean than to go through deliverance processes. I'm speaking as a father. I'm speaking as a man of God who was involved, has been involved in deliverance ministries from the age of 21, or rather 17. I was not a full-time guy yet. I didn't, know, I, I didn't know the process. Now as I'm getting involved in God and growing up in God, now I know how to prevent it from happening rather than just praying. Amen. I was doing ministry for 10 years in Australia where they have witchcraft magazine for school children. How to curse your teachers. How to curse your friends. And all this stuff like the hair of a crow, the hair and the nail of a bird, all that are sold in jars. According to the curse, you'll tell that girl, a lady, whoever is selling, they will give that portion like a recipe. You bring it home and boil it. You got to put a drop of your blood and you do it. And they think they are playing games, you see. The amount of Teenage witchcraft movies and dramas and series. It all so fun. Oh, I dabble with stuff. You just don't know. They are making it so friendly to allow darkness to enter. The Bible says, I'm lifted up above the elemental spirits of the world. And then when you trace, when I do tracing work, 
diagnosing them what's going on, you'll find the holes in their righteousness. They have not been baptized in water. They have not done this yet. They have not done that yet. And the worst responsibility I can take is that the parents who are godly Christians did not pay attention to the righteousness of their children. Are you with me? We have become more of a permissive society when the world is invading the world of our children. I cannot stop that, but I can put the armor of God on our children and send them as warriors. And the Bible says there is an armor of light. I wanted to show you the scripture first so that you will know. Romans chapter 12, verse 13. Now, you know, I was taken up in the heaven and I saw this in a spirit. Until then, I did not realize there is such a thing. Go to Romans chapter 12. Are you learning something this morning? The book of Romans chapter 12. Oops. Where is the armor? Where did I miss this armor? Yes, give me a minute. It cannot disappear. Romans chapter 13, number 313, verse 12. The Bible says, The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. You cannot stop the demonic spirit from walking around the city, the nation. You cannot help them. That's what they do. They are roaming around everywhere. But when you carry the blood of Jesus, when you are washed by the blood of the Lamb, when you are baptized in water, when you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, they pass you by. There is something about the child of God. When you fulfill the righteousness of Christ, they pass you by. You don't have to, oh, we cannot go into the mall because there's one shop in that entire mall, New Age. You walk past, enough times, they will close shop. Why are you avoiding when the earth and the fullness thereof is given to the child of God? It's not given to the enemy. The world doesn't belong to the devil. Can you get it? That's the problem with some of the teachings. You have not updated what was the last line. Oh, but Adam gave it away. The second Adam took it back. What are you talking about Adam? He's not complete. The second Adam is complete. Your faith is built on the finished works of Jesus. Why do you keep talking about Adam? In a sense, it's a little bit of a bad example. God only told him one thing. It's the easiest thing. Don't touch, don't eat, don't smell. Are you with me? So now I want to know that keys of this earth is with the second Adam, Jesus Christ, who happens to be my Lord. He happens to be my King. The song that we sang, you see, the way maker, it will not make sense to you if you don't get into the spirit of that song. The Bible says, this is who you are. How many times you will be able to declare confidently beyond a shadow of doubt, no matter what the devil tells you, sorry, this is who he is and I know him. 
We have to become the defenders of the integrity of God. It doesn't matter who is saying. You know, there are weak spots. Sometimes as a husband, I become weaker. My wife will strengthen me. She will don't know God promised, right? Then stick to it. There are times she will weaken. I will go and strengthen her. No, remember what the scripture says. This is who God is. And God never changes. Hello. My health can go up and down, but God doesn't. Who is God? He's a healer nevertheless. Will he stop healing me? Yes. When you are ready and your time is up. You are healed to the kingdom. Are you with me, guys? You are healed to the kingdom. Healing of a different kind. When your time is up, nothing can take you out. When your time is not yet to go, no one can touch you. But when your time is up, nothing can stop you. Are you listening? And I'm seriously, man, I'm telling you. Seriously. I've been there, prayed for. One of the good things about being a pastor is you are there when the baby is born, you are there when someone is dying. You are the last guy they want you to be there. That happened. I want to share with you this testimony. I know I'm supposed to finish 12. It's a Sunday. Come on, let's relax and enjoy the word. It's your lunchtime. Let's eat the word. Just a few more minutes. Since the testimonies are powerful, right? I was reaching out to this family. I, I, we planted a church in Malaysia, and we were reaching out to this family. My assistant pastor is a youthful guy, just like Michael, very energetic. He, we all, you know, one thing good about fellas who accept Christ from gangs, they'll go back to the gangs and reach out to, you know, preach about Jesus, right? And uh, so we were reaching out to this group of fellas, and that was this gang leader who wanted to accept Christ. After reaching out for a few months, he decided that particular Sunday, he's going to come. So he called on Saturday, that he's coming, 20 fellas are coming in to accept Christ. We were so excited. I got to make sure the message that I'm preaching is salvation-oriented and how, you know, so on and so forth. We already mentally be prepared. Saturday, at 5, I'm receiving a phone call. And the mother recalled the story at 5 p.m., weeping and crying on the phone. His house is by the roadside. He's waving by to his mom at the doorstep and he's sitting on his motorcycle and he's just backing off, pedaling himself so that he will just and drive off, ride off, right? When he was pedaling out saying bye to mom, a truck came and smashed on him in front of his mother's eyes and he died instantly. My concern was, did he make it to heaven? Can you imagine the trauma the mom could go through? The members, the gang. We were brokenhearted, just couldn't explain because, you see, it's not just about being a man of God. You're a father, man, you know. Imagine it's not a fair thing for children to see that and a parent to see your own children right in front of your eyes. 
Where was God when it happened? Everybody will question that, isn't it? On Sunday after service, we quickly, we didn't want to go on Saturday. We had to give them some time. They need to complete the official police processes. And Sunday after service, we drove about an hour plus. We went to the house and we were talking. We were praying. When I entered the house, I could see the glories of heaven everywhere. I was wondering how come the house looks so bright. I was looking, where is the light coming from? I called the assistant pastor. I said, come, is there any other lights that I don't know in this house? He said, no, everything is dark. Man, I see the glory light everywhere. Mother was crying, weeping, young family, you know, weeping and crying. I said, mom, don't let your heart I have a certain access to God. I don't get to use that too many times. But I will ask God now, where is your son? When I closed my eyes and prayed, I saw the throne of Jesus, and the Lord said, come up, I will show you. And I was taken up to heaven, and there was the son, worshipping in God's glory. I told the son, and I described you see, I have not seen him physically. I have not entered in the house long enough to look at photos, but I'm describing to him how his son looks like. And she wept, and she wept, and she wept and cried. But you see, if my son was here, you see, there is an army God is gathering up in heaven as well. We will not be able to understand. God, we, we were, in human sense, we waited for him to come to church to accept Christ, but he accepted Christ inside his heart already. You know the other 20 fellas who were there, outside waiting, crying? They all accepted Christ. We led them to the Lord. That following January, we had a fasting and prayer meeting in our Church for seven days, it's our tradition. We'll just fast and pray and get the whole church to fast and pray. I remember praying for this family. When I laid hands on her, the Lord showed me by the end of the second month, which is February end, there will a lightning that will strike your family, but you must not be shaken. God will display his goodness in your life. The end of that February, the husband had a heart attack and he dies. That man is known as a womanizer. is known as a man who does witchcraft on people, a gang leader who beats people up, loan sharking. You have the word loan shark? And stuff, man, he's been known as a guy who terrorizes people. And he died. Remember what the Lord said, a lightning will strike, but you shall not be shaken. She was very strong. Then that particular Sunday, they had a service in the house. The human body was there in Asian houses. They will bring to the house before they go to the uh, burial site. He was there. The Catholic priest, because he's from a Catholic tradition, the father was there, the priest group was there. Father, we thank you for this child, and he's up in heaven rejoicing, singing glories of songs and all that. I was wondering, what? Does this fellow know what he's talking about? 
He cannot be that blind, right? I waited for them to go. Okay, everybody finished. Now they call us to do the second prayer service. Now my job is to find out where this guy is at. Listen, I'm telling you again, I'm telling you on camera. I don't do that every funeral I'm going. I, I don't have time. You go wherever you want to go. But there are times it matters. It matters to me. I want to know to pray accurately. I take that job seriously. You understand? I was there. I said, Father, I want to know. Show me where is this guy. Because there are unsafe family members all around. If I know where he is, I'll warn them and preach to them about Christ. When I prayed, the Lord said, now you will see. The moment he said, now you will see, there was like a, like a, a, a trap door that was open, like, you know. And I, bang, I went inside. And I was brought to the lake of fire. And there he was, screaming and weeping for Jesus. Yes, the Lord said, now you have seen. Go and tell them. The sisters always, I mean, I preach, man. I preach like fire and brimstone. I tell you, I didn't let the chance go. The wrong thing is to invite me. You have invited me, you're going to get the best of the whole works of it. Amen, how's that? The Catholic priest who was standing at the corner was so angry. I was just that tempted to touch him and tell him where he is going to be. I said, better don't. Spoke to the family members. Some of the family members accepted Christ while the others were angry. My brothers and sisters, when Jesus says there is a heaven and there is a hell, it's a real location. The earliest we could get our families to be in Jesus, the better it is, because the armor of God's light protects them. That is why Paul emphasizes, if you are dead in Christ, you are above the elemental spirits of the world. You are made alive in Christ. Colossians chapter 2, isn't it? You need to acknowledge who you are. And if God has made you alive in Christ Jesus, then don't behave like a dead man walking in church. You are made alive. When you are worshipping, rejoice in the presence of God. Glorify His name. That your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And when is that complete? When the baptism is complete. The energy and the power of God enters into your spirit, man. Every time you read Colossians, Paul emphasizes, if you are dead in Christ, if you have died with God. And then he says in Galatians, excuse me, uh, chapter 2, he said, it is no longer I that liveth. But Christ that lives in me because I have been crucified. Somebody say crucified. My question is, have, do you have that experience? Oh, I know Jesus is crucified. I'm not talking about this. I'm asking you, do you have that experience of being crucified with Christ? Until you say yes, then that power will not be working in you. You get what I'm saying? 
And so it is important, my brothers, there is no victory without the cross. There is no power without the cross. Don't undermine the power of God. Why today's children and today's young people, when they go to church, there is no, uh, uh, there is no sense of sacredness anymore because it is absolutely shallow and the church looks like a discotheque. Uh, sorry, if I use the word disco, it's for the old folks, man. It looks more like a pub. <laughs> because I, 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 don't, I don't think so there's discotheques anymore, innit? There's all clubbings and... We have brought darkness into the church. It is all about lights and jumping out. What about the time when God manifests the sacredness of His presence? You see? You see, in worship, my brothers and sisters, I want to educate you a little bit because I've had the privilege of being taken up to say, is that okay? Songs itself, there are worship of the outer court, there is a worship of the holy place, and there are worship of the holy of holies. Not every song will bring you there. Songs will prepare you out, and it's cleansing. And then there are songs that will prepare you in. It's more deeper. There is some level of repair. But when the glory is manifesting, man, automatically hands are going up. Eyes are being paid attention because God is manifesting. And we've got to get used to that kind of thing, you see? Because your life is in Christ Jesus. I cannot remember seeing the signboard, the Gathering Christian Community Club. It is a church. And if I come to church, I want to see Jesus. And if I don't see Jesus, then something is wrong. Isn't it? And the only way Jesus is going to manifest, if I desire his presence, his love, our children will be touched by the glory. God will prepare them something you and I can never do. No matter how the world tries them, something about God's DNA is inside them. Their spirit, man. They will spring back to the glory of Christ. We can keep going. Colossians is so powerful. It is not a weak chapter, man. It's very technical, yet it is so deep. It draws you in Christ. Let me finish with this last testimony about my father. My father was a Hindu priest. He was involved in all kinds of darkness. It's a long story. I'll tell you the last one month before he died. He was supposed to die when he was in 1984, but he lived to 2010. Astrology said that he should have died when I was born. They say I brought the curse into the family on his timeline. And that just brought me to become a quiet, small boy. Then I accepted Christ. The moment I accepted Christ, what happened? The curse in that timeline is broken. Are you listening? 
It's no longer, I don't have to confess anything. I don't have to renounce anything. Jesus himself does all the job. Somebody say amen. amen. You are spending too many time renouncing instead of building yourself up. Oh, great grandfather. You build yourself in Christ. Are you with me? Okay. And so my father lived on and all that. You know, he's a simple guy, praise, and, and he was bed-bound because of the accident. And he lived all the way through until last six years, bed-bound. Every other month, his hospital and home and hospital and home. Then dementia kicked in, and it's an amazing thing. He forgot everything about 20 years behind time, but he never forgot to pray. He will take his Bible and pray, take his Bible and pray. Take his Bible and pray. About a month's time, we know in my spirit when we were praying, me and my brother, his time is up. And the Lord gave me the month he will be taking him out. Back to where? Father's house. Two weeks before, the demons who possessed him before traumatized him in the house that his place is reserved in hell. It's not convinced. Oh, he couldn't sleep. I was so afraid. My mother called me to call Angeline and come and pray in the room. When we went in to pray, the anointing of the Holy Spirit fell on Angeline. I said, okay, it's on you. You have to pray. You lead it now. I'll support. And we were praying. And Jesus came. The blood of Jesus was all over the room. And the Lord showed his name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It was the fear of the enemy that manipulates. My question to you, my fathers and my mothers who are sitting here. Did the devil think a little bit, hey, these are old folk, just leave them alone? No. If he can try to trick you at the end of your life, he'll try to play that game. He doesn't care whether you are sick or not sick. He will manipulate the mind and torture that mind of our salvation of Christ. There's no excuse for not being strong or feeling I'm in my retirement mode. We did not come here to retire. We came here to refire. In my faith, in Christ Jesus. If God cannot find the young folks to build the house of God, then God will recall the retired giants of faith and build the house of God and put others to shame. Somebody say? Amen. That's the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. The angel of the Lord came into the house, assured him of salvation. My father slept like a baby. He did not sleep for three weeks, afraid. Every time he closes, the demons come. And the Lord told us, me and my brother, this week is the last week. And then he went off. By the mercies of our Lord Jesus Christ. I've seen my father in heaven four times. He cannot talk to me. I can't talk to him directly. To assure us, you see. You see, people mock at those who are taken up to heaven. People mock at those who can pray. People mock at those who can see heavens. But they don't know the privileges. 
People mock at those who can pray long prayers. But when you are in trouble, who do you go? You go to the guy who can hear heaven, isn't it? And if all of us can hear heaven, if all of us can hear the voice of God, if all of us can be taken up into visions. Now, I'm not saying being spooky and being so, but being naturally supernatural, not abusing the power of Jesus, enjoying your everyday life, yet there is an access to heaven. Amen? Can we all rise up together? Are we going to pray? This morning, I pray for my young folks, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, to have the assurance of your salvation. If you have not given up your name for the baptism of water, you need to. For the young mothers and fathers who are here, teach your children to walk in righteousness and see job. To the older folks who are fathers and mothers who are gathered here, I want to speak to you about the assurance of your salvation. Keep going stronger. Because God is preparing a mansion. And my time will come. I've seen it many times. The mansions which God is building. But today is the day of power. Today is the day of salvation. Today I will shout for the praises of God. I am not fighting like a weak person. I'm above and the elemental spirits of the world because I have died with Christ. Somebody say amen. Could you close your eyes and lift your hands before Jesus? And if you have not acknowledged, I have died with Christ. Why don't you say that? Let the enemy's lines be broken. Let the enemy works be broken. Let the works of you are not sure be broken in the name of Jesus. I am sure beyond sure my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I no longer now live, I live for Christ Jesus. Father, I pray for those who are watching online through this broadcast. Father, I pray that the message of salvation will reach out to them. And if you have not, by any chance, have never made the decision to allow Jesus to come into your heart. And now is that moment. Say, Jesus, I love you. Come into my heart. I surrender my life to you. I accept the cross of Jesus to come inside. The young children, you have not said that out of your mouth. Now is the time. To ask Jesus to come into your heart. Because you know heaven is real. Jesus is real. History book tells us that. So are the devil. They are real too. So Father I pray in the name of Jesus. A new anointing will come and fill the gathering church. A new anointing will come and fill the members and the families of gathering church. We pray this truth will penetrate through our sons and daughters. Families will be saved in the name of Jesus. God, we pray even in this coming Thanksgiving, God, let there be salvation of our family members. Let there be healing of our family members. Let there be deliverance of our family members. Let this Thanksgiving be a real Thanksgiving of God power demonstrating itself to our children and our grandchildren. We thank you, Father. I thank you. This is not just a gathering of your people, the saints. It's a gathering of God's presence. We praise you. 
We praise you. Could you take a moment just to praise the Lord? Just honor Him. No matter where you are, what you are, what you're feeling, don't worry about your feeling. Just praise and honor God. Praise and honor God. The wonderful names of Jesus. We said we shout about who He is, who God is. He is my healer, my deliverer, my shield, my buckler, my strong tower. He is my only one. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Lamb, Book of Life. He is my bread of heaven. He is my light. He is my salvation. He is Jehovah. He is Nisi. He is my redeemer he's rafa my healer my provider my jire i will declare who god is because this is who you are every one of us have received some kind of revelation about jesus and that's why you are in church hold on to it be strong in it Don't let anybody shake you out. The medical reports can be new, but God is the same. Father, I pray the power of Jesus. You said when we lift your name up, the enemies will scatter. Let every report scatter in the name of Jesus. Remember I shared with you guys as you are in the worship mode. I shared with you the cancer report of my mom, the fourth one. They said we have to make a report and then 2 weeks later we went to the hospital. The doctors brought the x-ray, the senior consultants were came, they came and the oncologists were there. They were running up and down. I asked the doctors, what's going on, man? Why are you running up and down? We are sitting here for 1 hour. They said we are looking at the x-rays. I said okay what did you find We can't find the spot So what do you mean you can't find the spot The consultant was upset because the senior consultant will think that he misdiagnosed it he said it's a serious thing right While they were talking to one another they showed me the first x-ray spots second x-ray no spot I talked my mother privately what were you doing She fasted and prayed for 3 days She cried to God I'm using my mouth to praise you How can you allow this thing to come So take it away so that I will live only for your glory My mother is not a complicated woman She doesn't know the depths of prayer A simple woman who believes that Jesus heals Four times, man. There is a power of healing that she knows that I don't know, but she has stepped into that anointing. And you know what we do in our family when we need serious healing stuff? We just call my mom. Can you please pray? In our family, in our children and grandchildren, we have never done anything major without asking her to pray. She is not as complex like me. very simple woman but when she prays jesus hears there are people like you here very simple your faith is so original 
You may not know stuff that I'm saying, but you know who Jesus is and you love him so much. Amen. Heaven is open over you. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Father, I pray for healing to just, just move through like the waves of the ocean in this auditorium right now in Jesus' name. I pray, God, whatever the doctor's report, existing report, whatever that is there, let them experience the wave of your healing in Jesus' name. Wipe those records out in Jesus' name. Wipe those records out in Jesus' name. Let the doctors be surprised. Let them be saved. Father, they will not be forever into certain types of medication, for the Lord has set them free because Jesus died on the cross we pray for the emotional bearing of many many who are gathered here we pray for stability we pray for anchoring in the goodness of God that my emotions will not jump in and out every different day but it will be stable and will be strong declaring the praises of our living God we praise you father we praise you let this church be filled with worship let this church be filled with the manifestation of God let this church be filled with the word let the Praises of God rise up to heaven. Let prayer rise up to heaven. Empower each one of us. As kingdom people. This morning, thank you. We enjoyed your presence. Enjoyed your word. The richness of your love. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a wonderful clap offering. God bless you guys.